Welcome to the brand new, rebranded, Ordinary Women, Extraordinary God. We're a virtual women's ministry working in tandem with the ministries of Love Worth Finding, and we are here to encourage you to laugh without fear of the future. Our purpose is still the same, but we have flipped the script on our name. Our title is now Ordinary Women, Extraordinary God. We are women living courageously, pursuing a relationship with an awesome God. And I'm still your host, Melanie Red, and we are so glad that you've joined us today. As we start this new year, we're going to try a few new things. We still have our beautiful website filled with encouragement, inspiration, and free resources just for you. Also, we'll continue to send regular emails to offer you hope and to remind you about new articles and new podcast episodes. In addition, we're going to make a few changes on the podcast. For this year, we will offer fewer interviews and more devotionals. Our hope is to share short and powerful words of hope twice a month. And we're going to add a YouTube channel and regular interviews with our amazing friends that you'll be able to see and hear. We'll share these interviews on YouTube, email, and on Facebook. And our prayer is all of these changes and updates will serve to encourage you greatly and to make you feel more welcome in the ministry. Listen, we always want to hear back from you, so let us know what you think and how you like the updates and changes. Now, with all that in mind, let's get started today. I have the joy of sharing one final podcast interview this year. <laughs> this may be it for the year. We'll do some others that'll be on YouTube, but this may be the only one we'll be listening to. And this is really fun. It's the only man we've ever had on the show. This is Pastor Mark Cravens that is with us today. So welcome, Pastor Mark. We are so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you. And it's such an honor to be with you and a joy. And to think I'm the only dude that's been on this podcast kind of makes me a little bit nervous, but I'm glad to be here. And it's just a joy to be with you today. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I have to tell everyone that you and I actually met on LinkedIn. We were both in ministry. I think we had some mutual friends. And then last March, I was at a conference and this man came up to me and he had this white hair and this beard. And I was like, I'm not sure who he is, but he looks kind of familiar. And it was Pastor Mark. <laughs> white and, hair and a beard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he invited me to be on his podcast not too long ago. And we had such a great conversation that I thought it would be fun to return the favor. So welcome, Pastor Mark. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. And I just want to say, you did such a fantastic job on the podcast, and I thank you for being willing to do that. And uh, it, um, it's just been a real blessing to a lot of people. But I pastor a church here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm pastor of the New Life Community Church. We just relocated to a new facility, or what is to us a new facility, on the east side of Cincinnati. I've got a growing congregation here, and we're just excited about doing ministry here on the east side of Cincinnati. And of course, then I also do podcasting and I do online teaching, a little bit of adjunct teaching. So a little of this, a little of that, life stays busy. Yeah, you are busy. I, I know that to be true. And listen, I, I'll tell you what I'll do. In the show notes, I'll put our conversation from when you and I were on your podcast so that if people want to go listen, oh, yeah, I'll link that in the show notes today. All right. Well, so I have a great question for you. What do you love about being a pastor? What makes being a pastor sweet to you? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. The truth of the matter is, Melanie, there are a lot of things I like about pastoring, but I have to say that I love people. I just do. I love people. I can't imagine a pastor pastoring who doesn't love people, but I find out I do run into such creatures now and then who, you know, 
they love to preach or they love the, whatever it is that they do in pastoring, but they don't love people. But I, I think one of the things I enjoy is, is being with people through the good times, the bad times. Um, like just last Sunday, I got to dedicate a baby and, and to be with that family during that meaningful time. And, and then, you know, weddings and funerals and, and all of those things. I just really enjoy people and feel very honored that I get to share the gospel with them and to be with them through the ups and downs of life. That's probably what I enjoy most about pastoring. And I could, I could see that you would be a wonderful and an encouraging pastor. And I, I can't imagine somebody pastoring that didn't love it and didn't feel called to it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. But there are people who tell me that, so, and, and, which is hard to believe. Absolutely. But I love pastoring. Every morning, Melanie, when I get up, I told my wife this the other day, there's never a morning that I get up that I don't enjoy going to the office and doing what I do. That's so good. I, I just can't imagine not enjoying what I do, but I love pastoring. That is a great testimony. Well, and as you know, one of the things that you and I have you and I have in common is that we love the ministry of Pastor Adrian Rogers. In fact, Love We're Finding is based on the ministry of Pastor Adrian Rogers. And I believe that you're a pastor who benefited from his ministry. So Absolutely. could you tell us a little bit about your connection to Adrian Rogers? Yeah. Unfortunately I never really got to meet him. But early on in my ministry, I listened to him on a regular basis. Every day I would listen to him. And as a young preacher starting out, especially young preachers are looking for somebody like, okay, I think I can identify with this pastor. I think I can identify with this preaching style. And he became one of those gentlemen who I, I loved his preaching. I, I love the fact, you know, he was a pulpiteer in every which way. Uh, such a great man. Oh, and again, he, he exuded love for people as he spoke. You know, he he seemed to enjoy preaching and enjoyed what he did. And I just was inspired watching him, listening to him. And so I I began to adapt a lot of my preaching style to his style. Now, never will I reach the level that he was. But what was it? one of the greatest compliments I ever had was when somebody walked up to me and said, have you ever heard Adrian Rogers? I said, yeah. Has anybody ever told you that you kind of preach like Adrian Rogers. <laughs> so that was just such a great compliment. It really was. But he really impacted my ministry and the way I pastor. And just and he brought a sense of excellency to the pulpit. You know, he just a lot of things about him that I, I admired and have tried to emulate into my life, especially as an early pastor. That's such a good testimony. And I can tell you as somebody that grew up in his church and knew him personally, he did love what he did. I mean, he was all about it. He was into it and seemed to absolutely enjoy being a pastor and being in ministry. So that's a great testimony. Listen, before we continue, I have something great to tell you. Our friends at Love We're Finding make this podcast possible. Love We're Finding is supported by generous gifts from people who are blessed by our ministry. And this month, we're offering the John 316 Conversation Starters. It's a bundle of 25, and you can use these simple, attractively designed pocket-sized conversation starters with your friends and family who need to know Jesus. You can help them answer the question, does God really love me? And these are available to you for a gift of any amount. So I'll put the link in the show notes and you go over and check out these conversation starters. I think they'll especially help you if you're wanting to share Christ with friends and family. 
Now let's get back to the conversation. And I'll tell you, I thought what would be fun for us to talk about today is church. Well, let's talk about church a little bit. Um, I read recently, I went looking for some stats because it's been kind of a crazy last few years in church. And according to Gallup poll, one of the Gallup stats that goes back to 1940 says that in 2020, the U.S. dropped below 50% in church attendance for the first time. And in-person church attendance has dropped year over year for the last 10 years. And before we talk about anything specific, what do you what do you think is going on? I mean, because it's not just the last few years. This is the last 10 years. So what have you seen overall? Do you have a sense for what's going on in, in a kind of a helicopter view? Uh, that, that's a great question. And I thought a lot of, about this question as you told me in advance that you might be asking this. Um, I think... You know, Francis Schaeffer said years ago that we were moving into a post-Christian era. And I think a lot of people just kind of poo-pooed that. And, you know, but the reality is it has dawned upon us. We are in America moving into a post-Christian era. And I think that we're seeing the results of that. Uh, You know, I think there are a lot of factors. I think one of the factors, I remember uh, years ago reading the book by Jerry Bridges on commitment. And I think we're living in an uncommitted society. And so commitment to any organization or even in church is just one of many. There's just a lack of commitment in general that seems to be epidemic in society. So if it feels good to me, if it meets my need, if I feel today like I want to do it, then I do it. But I think one of the problems is, of course, is a lack of commitment, too, in today's world. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because I think about the last few years. Let's just talk about in the last couple of years, the convenience of sleeping late, watching church yeah. on TV or on your device, in your pajamas with your coffee, <laughs> has been very <laughs> tempting. I mean, those of us in ministry didn't really get to do that. But my friends tell me <laughs> that it was really nice. And um, have you seen, especially in the last couple of years, that there's been a fall off of attendance even since all that's happened in our world. Uh, Melanie, you're absolutely right. A lot of people have not returned since COVID. A lot of people got very comfortable. In fact, one of the main families of my church and uh, and a couple that is highly committed, involved, um, said to me, when we started coming back to church, it was kind of difficult to give up my coffee, PJs, and fuzzy slippers. Yeah. It was kind of difficult to give up watching church when it was convenient to watch church. So, you know, you didn't, because it was not only live stream, but it was saved. We could just at any time gather in and watch it, shut it down, go eat a while, come back, bring our snacks in. And to get actually get up, get dressed and go to church took effort. And that was from a family that's highly committed. So take a lot of people who were more fringe or less committed the convenience of that definitely has had an impact. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it just got easy to not go as much. Yes, and if did. you weren't engaged or you didn't have a reason to be there, it even was easier. Well, let me let me ask you this, because I think a lot of people say, well, why does it matter if I, if I watch online or I listen to a message or a podcast like this one, do I really need to go back into the building? And so I want us to talk about that for a minute. Why does it matter that we meet together with other believers? Why does it matter that we go to church? Let's just talk about that in a general sense. Have you got some reasons that you tell people, hey, here's why it matters that you come into the building? Absolutely. I think, well, I think number one, and and I think I've got good ground to say this, is number one, it's biblical. You know, just recently, again, I was looking at Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, you know, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. 
for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see that they approach it. And so I, as I was looking at this, and I was thinking, you know, the exhortation, let us, notice the plural form, let us hold fast our confession of hope without wavering. Let us consider one another and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. And I, and I honestly think, number one, and first and foremost, that I think we are biblically commanded to come together as the body of Christ. And, and that, to me is, that, to me, is number one. Number two, I think it's important for us to remember that we are physical creatures designed and created to participate in, phys- in a physical world. You know, we're not, we're not just, you know, some kind of ethereal beings here floating around in a virtual space. You know, we're, we are human. And we were designed to see and hear and taste and touch and feel our way through a physical world. And that's the way God made us. And I think people have gotten used to being in that isolation and they're, they're, they're really robbing themselves of the physical experience of church life. And I think that's important. Um, I think another thing is that we're not built to be independent, but interdependent as the body of Christ. And there, I mean, there's no Lone Rangerism when it comes to serving Christ. When you go to the early church and read about how they all, you know, continue together house to house and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. From the earliest beginning, it was a relational community. And that relationship is so important. And it, because, you know, even our spiritual gifts are given to us for what reason? To serve others in the body of Christ. Well, that's kind of hard to do when I'm sitting there sipping on my latte and my pajamas and fuzzy slippers. You know, it's hard to do all those 59 one another commands that fill Scripture. And I think it's it's something that sometimes we don't even know how much we miss it until we get to enjoy it again. Um, I got to be with some ladies the other night. I've done a lot of Zoom summits and calls. We're on a Zoom call right now. But I, I was with real women in real life, and we got to hug each other and laugh and talk to each other. And it's just better <laughs> when you're in real life with people not doing everything online. Absolutely. It's, it's better. I think it's, it's healthier. I think there's just, you know, how do you, how do you receive communion? How do you do baptism? How do you, how do we do the the mutual greeting that is so, to me, you know, the greeting on Sundays is so valuable. I, I stand out in my foyer and I just love watching the hugs, the handshakes, the smiles, the back slapping. The, the conversations, the laughter. And it's like, this doesn't happen on, in a virtual situation. Right, right you're right. You know, it's an, so important. You know, another thing that I think of that um, what makes church, going to church matter is that we need the accountability. I need people to look me in the eye and I need to look them in the eye. And there's something about it that keeps you honest and true and faithful it's, if it's not just you. Like you said, we can't be Lone Rangers trying to do this by ourselves. That's right. And that accountability is so important. Uh, because, you know, again, on, when I, of course, being a pastor, you know, I'm one of those weird, strange creatures, but I'm not only watching the people that are happy and excited, I'm looking for the faces of the people that are down. And I always intentionally go to them and say, hey, are you doing okay? How's it going? 
And nine times out of 10, there's something going on that they need to talk to somebody about. So yeah, you know, that, that mutual accountability, that being able to bear, to be able to, to open up so we can bear one another's burdens. It just doesn't happen in a virtual world like it does in the real physical gathering of the church and the body of Christ. Those are those are all such good reasons and such good insights. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say we, we're back, but our friends or our family member is not going back yet, and, and you really want to invite them back. Do you have any tips or suggestions on how we can invite a friend or brother or sister or spouse or whoever's reluctant to get back in to, to live community and live church and, and live Bible study um, in real life, what, what can we do to without making them feel bad? And that's a great question. So, you know, I would say number one, or of course, bathe it in prayer because you, you want the wisdom that comes from above because it's not always a one-size-fits-all situation because some people are staying away for multiple reasons. And Melanie, unfortunately, for some people, it's not only a distance from the church, but it's a distance from God that has occurred in their lives. And therefore, they're a little you know, unsure about coming back, and they feel almost ashamed to come back. So I think, number one, bathe it in prayer. Number two is, don't use social media to invite them back or to give, you know, say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's have a meal. Would you come by? You know, I just baked a cake or, you know, peach cobbler, and it's going to go bad if somebody doesn't come over and help me eat it. And, and so meet them face to face. The other thing is, is rather than starting off with, you know, a tone of that saying, I'm kind of like reprimanding you, just start open those at those, asking those open-ended questions. Like, uh, you know, how's it going for you? How are you doing? How are you getting along? You know, how are you doing spiritually? Um, what do you miss about not being at a church? You know, is there anything we as a church could do to make you feel welcome or to want to come back? You know, just start bringing into the discussion because then you might get them to open up and talk about what the barrier really is that's keeping them. Um, I think expressing to them how much they're needed and missed. Uh, one of the things, Melanie, that I'm finding out that if we're not careful, People can fall through the cracks, and they really are waiting for somebody to ask them to come back. I never will forget when I, years ago I was pastoring, and there was a family that had drifted away from church. And I remember I would, I would see them out on the porch, and I would wave to them. And, and one day I stopped in and visited them, and then they started coming back to church. And I'll never forget what he told me one day. He said, he said Pastor, you know why? why I was sitting out of church for so long. I said, no, Joe, why were you out of church so long? He said, I was waiting for someone to invite me to come back. Wow. So I think, you know, express to them how much they're missed, how much they're needed. And then the last thing I would say is let them know how much they're missing. You know, it's like Ruth Chris Steakhouse, the sizzle sells, you know. And just let them know how exciting things are and how good things are. And, oh, you're missing so much. Just wish you could be in on it because I just know you would. So, you know, I think those are non-judgmental ways that maybe we can we can kind of coax people to come back. Those are great things. And I, I could tell you're a pastor because you have all those food examples. 
<laughs> so yeah, fits right in. <laughs> oh, this is so many, so many good suggestions. And I, I would just echo that and say, you know, be let people know you miss them. That's such a good word. And if you've been away, we want you to come back. I want to personally encourage you to come back. And, and I'm going to pray that that people will be invited back, that we'll remember, hey, there's somebody, my neighbor, my friend, somebody I hadn't seen in a while. I ought to text them or call them or let them know, hey, we just missed you. So I, I love that. All that is super. And that's so important because, you know, Melanie, the devil likes to play tricks with all of us, you know, and, and I see this, especially with older people. And it's been a lot of older people that haven't come back. And older people sometimes tend to think they're quickly forgotten, easily forgotten. And we can say, well, you know, they ought to just, they ought to just come back out of commitment, you know, and I, I get that. I understand that. But I also know how the devil works on people to discourage them or make them feel alienated. And there is just nothing like restoring that relational bridge with people and say, hey, I want you to come back. I miss you. I love that. I think that's great. And I, as we were talking, I was thinking of a lady I hadn't seen at my church in a while, and I may text her this afternoon because I do think I know something happened that probably hurt her feelings a little bit. So it's a perfect opportunity just to say, hey, we've missed you. Are you doing okay? You know, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? I love that. Just reaching out so they feel like they're not isolated. It happens. And it happens so easily. And I mean, I just recently texted a, a lady just last week who was sick and has missed a couple Sundays. And she said, I'm so glad to hear from you, Pastor, because I seldom hear from anybody when I miss. And it's just, the you know, we're just human. We are. And so that personal touch can make a world of difference for people. That's a great word. And I do think we're living probably in the most isolated society we've ever had in my lifetime. We are as separated and on our own and isolated as we've ever been. And, I, and I'll tell you, I've got an episode about loneliness, and I'll link it today. I'll put it in the show notes because I talked with a friend recently about loneliness. If you're struggling with that and you're listening and you're personally having a hard time, you might really appreciate what she had to share on that podcast. Listen, Pastor Mark, you're also a podcaster, so I want to talk about this. It's been my joy to be a guest, as we talked about, but I want you to tell our listeners about your podcast and, and tell people how they can find your podcast. Well, thank you, Melanie. I appreciate that. The podcast is, uh, in fact, uh, I just, this week, my 100th episode just wow. put up. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. We've got, um, so it's called Hope Along the Journey. I started it in July of 2020 when all of this was going on. I, there was so much hopelessness, so much bad news and negativity. And I just felt God prompt me to start a podcast ministry, hardly even listen to podcasts. And yet God prompted me to do it. And so I started it by faith and it's called Hope Along the Journey Again. And you can find it on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Google Play, a lot of different places it can be found. I mean, Google Podcasts, it can be found a lot of different places. Or you can go to the website at just www.hopealongthejourney.org, and you can listen to the podcast right through the website. I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So there are a lot of diff different places that people can connect. And you are one of the kindest and most encouraging pastors that I know. And so I encourage y'all to get in touch with Pastor Mark and start listening. He does wonderful interviews, and he's got a great podcast, very successful. Lots of people listen, and I think you would love to hear his 
interviews and, and the testimonies of the people that he has on his program. So we just appreciate you being here. Now, I want to give you one chance. Is there anything else you want to share? I always people think of things, and I always like to ask this as we close. <laughs> did you did we leave anything out? You just got to add. Well, I just I have to say this, Melanie, that is that I am who I am by the grace of God. And I just always want to remind people that God's grace can reach farther than oftentimes we think it can. And if somebody's listening today that thinks you're beyond the reach of God's grace, you're not. God is able to do so many wonderful things in your life. So don't give up. Don't despair. Look to Jesus. He is the hope of the world. And as I tell my listeners, he'll give you hope along the journey. That's such a good word. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pastor Mark. What a blessing this has been. And I think you've offered so much good encouragement to those that will listen. And uh, as we go, I want to ask that you, as you're listening, would you share? We appreciate your stars, your shares, your reviews, your comments. Let somebody know about this podcast. If you've got a friend that's been away or you hadn't talked to in a while that might be encouraged by this or... If you uh, want to invite somebody to come back to church, this might be a good way <laughs> to use this podcast. Uh, but we are so blessed when you share this ministry. And remember, we are ordinary women who are loved by an extraordinary God. And we can laugh without fear of the future as women living courageously.